Good afternoon on this beautiful Sunday afternoon. This is Jerry and Brenda with Gems and Nuggets of Truth. And here is Brenda to sing, Surrender It All. Are you taking down by your choices? Shackled by sin and shame. Are you tethered to the past with unforgiveness? Do you long for your freedom? Are you searching for something Thank you, Brenda. That was beautiful. Well, once again, good afternoon. This is Jerry. Um, I'm going to switch gears a little bit on you this time. Excuse me. Uh, Last week, we just came to the book of Revelations, chapter 11, verse 15. Verse 15, and then through the next couple of chapters, few chapters, rather, it talks about the three woes. Now, during the tribulation period, 
it's going to be devastation. But when we come to the three woes, I mean, it increases in devastation. So, why am I switching gears on you today? I think about a lot of the people that um, are not redeemed. And, excuse me, I'm going to cough. <clears throat> and and they, uh, they make a big deal like, well, I don't know if I, can get, uh, if I can repent. I don't know if I can turn my life over to Christ. Uh, they're making a big deal out of this. And it, it, it is a big deal. It is salvation. It is total salvation. It is a, a decision going to heaven or hell. So it's a big deal, but it's so simple. It is so simple. God, Jesus Christ, made this the simplest way to get it to heaven possible. So what I'm, what I'm leaning toward is this, is that before I get into the devastation that's going to be coming, I want, I want people to know, I don't know who's listening to this podcast. I don't know if there's unredeemed people. Uh, I, I have no idea who's listening to this podcast. But if, if, if someone's listening to it, they're not redeemed. Let me encourage you. I think that uh, this is a podcast that they need to listen to. Now, it may have to be done in two parts. I, I'm not sure how long, because I don't like to go longer, longer than 20, 21 minutes, because then it gets a little bit monotonous, okay? But what I, what I want to do is I want to lay, the, if nothing else, I'm going to lay the groundwork. For the plan of salvation. This is called, and many of you probably have already heard this, it's called the Roman Road to Salvation. The Roman Road to Salvation. The way I got a hold of it and the way it was explained to me uh, about three years ago, four years ago, when Brenda and I went to Israel, there was a gentleman on the tour that was a pastor. And he asked me if I had ever heard about the Roman road? Yeah, I've heard about it. Okay. But he said, I want to show it graphically what the Roman road is all about. And when he showed it to me, it was like, wow, this really jumped out at me. Now, I would love to be able to do that to you, uh, show this to you. Obviously, on a podcast, I can't. But anyway, I'm going to do the very best I can to show you by words, what this what this Roman road is all about. I expanded it a little bit because when he showed me the Roman road, he just said, okay, this is the salvation from this point forward is salvation. But I got to thinking about that and I got to thinking, why do people, they may say, they ask the question, so why do I need salvation? I'm a good person. Uh, I've lived a good life. Yeah, I've done a couple of things that were off the wall, but basically I'm a good person. Okay, that is why they need to hear this. So allow me to go back to the beginning and talk about the Roman road. Now, if you um, you got a pen and paper or a thing to take notes with, you may want to do it because I'm going to give you a bunch of scripture. I'm going to read the scripture. But if you want to write it down and check it out for yourself, please do. You may want to get yourself a cup of coffee or a Coke or something. Sit back and relax. And travel with me, if you will, on the Roman road. Why do we need the Roman road? 
Let me go back to Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. Man was created. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being. I want to explain that a little bit. Man became a living being. When God created all the animals, he did the animals all before he created man and all the other creation. He did not breathe the breath of life into their bodies. He just created them. You're an animal. Boom. Go for it. All right. But when he created man, he breathed the breath of life, which means the spirit of life into that body. So the man is now spirit, soul, and body. That's who God created. Spirit, soul, and body. Now into the garden. Genesis chapter 2 verse 8. The Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden. And there he put the man whom he formed. He put the man whom he formed. In Genesis 2, 16 and 17, God gave him a warning. And the warning was this. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may eat freely, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat it, eat of it, you shall surely die. I want to read that again because this is going to come up again later on. The Lord God commanded the man, commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. We'll let that there, we'll move on to the next one. Man's responsibility. Genesis 2, chapter 2, verse 20. And Adam gave names to all the cattle, and to all the fowls of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found a helpmeet for him. Yeah, Adam did this all by himself. I don't know how he did it. He just stood there and he had the animal prayed in front of him and whatever and said, okay, this is who you are, this is what you are, this is what you are. I, I guess, something like that. Uh, this is my um, simplistic way of explaining it. Now, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 21 and 22, the woman comes along. And the Lord caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman, and he brought her to the man. He took, he made the woman not out of the dirt, but out of the man's rib. Not out of his backside or his front side, but out of his rib so they could walk side by side. She didn't walk behind him. She didn't walk ahead of him. They walked side by side. Now, you'll find that this, I, I, I like to throw this in. You'll notice that man's responsibility of naming all the animals and all the fowls of the air that all came before God created the woman or made the woman. Now, I, I and this is my, this is, I, I'm sure this is what happened, but this, I like to throw this in, okay? Uh, 
Why did God allow Adam to name all the animals before he created a woman? Because I think that if Adam would have said, oh, that's a hippopotamus, the woman would have said, you're going to call that a what? Who's going to be able to spell hippopotamus? That's a joke. I don't know. Anyway, so the relationship with God is this, and this is in Genesis chapter 3, verse 8. A, the first part of 8. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. I throw that in because, and I know it's way out of context as far as the verses and the chapters. But God had, a, God communicated with Adam and Eve in the garden, in the cool of the day. They had communication. They chatted. I, I don't, you know what? This is such a beautiful picture. If you just formulate that in your mind and see God walking up and say, hey Adam, how you doing today? And as Adam is eating a piece of fruit or whatever, he said, hey, hey Dad, how you doing? I'm doing great. I don't know. It's just a conversation. Okay, we get that. Now, here comes sin. Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 13. I'm going to read all this. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat, nor shall you touch it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He didn't say anything about touching it. All he said is, don't eat it. Then he said, lest you die. God worded it a little bit different. He said, for the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. And so it's just a, a, just a change of words, but he didn't say anything about touching it. Then the serpent said to the woman, you shall not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And you know what? That's a half-truth. The truth is this, is that they will, once they ate the fruit, they did know good and evil. I mean, that, that's kind of normal. And so Eve was thinking, whoa, that makes going to make me like God. I'll know good and evil. No, that makes you a human being where you know to sin or not to sin. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to her eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of the fruit and ate. Now get this. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Now wait a minute. Who did God talk to about, don't eat of this? He talked to Adam. The serpent talked to Eve, Eve gave the fruit to Adam, and Adam ate it. Adam should have said, if he was a man of the house, he should have said, whoa, stop it, woman. You are not going to eat that. God said don't. But you know what Adam did? He cowered into the corner and said, okay, dear, if you want me to eat it, I'll eat it. I mean, that's not the way it's supposed to work. Then the eyes of both of them were open, and God said that would happen. And they knew they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the cool of the day. 
And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Now, here comes God. And the Lord God called Adam and said to him, Where are you? God knew where he was at, but he just wanted to see what Adam was going to say. So he said, Adam said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And then God says, who told you you were, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I command you that you should not eat? Now, here comes the blame game. Then the man said, well, the woman you gave it to me, gave to be with me, she gave me the fruit and I ate. Really? Okay, anyway, that's what he said. And the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. And of course, the poor serpent didn't have anyone to blame, because he was the last man on the, the last one on the totem pole. In fact, he was the bottom of the totem pole because he was on the ground. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go one more uh, phase here, and then I'm going to stop, and then we're going to continue this next week, because I don't want to get too long. Adam and Eve sinned. This was sin. Was it because they ate the fruit? Yeah. But more than anything, it was because they were disobedient to God. God told them not to do it. They did it anyway. So he, I, I'm, I'm just saying this. What is sin? If I go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 9 and 10. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetousness, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. That just about includes all kinds of sin, doesn't it? You name it, it's there. Romans 1, 28-32 And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased, debased mind to do those things which are not fitting, being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, evil-mindedness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit. They are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who knowing the righteousness of God of the judgment of God, rather, that those who practice such things are deserving of death. Not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. Again, when you look at that list of sins, I mean, that doesn't leave anything out. So you got to leave a, lead, lead a pretty godly life, okay? And then one, there's two more places I want to read about the sin. James chapter 3, 14 to 16. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your heart, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic, for where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. And then in Revelation 22.15, I'm going to close with this. But outside are dogs and sorcerers and sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and whoever loves or practices a lie. My dear listeners, that includes just about every sin you can imagine. 
The unfortunate thing is, in this day and age, most all of those sins that are against God are legalized. Same-sex marriage, transgender, living together, unmarried. It doesn't make any difference. It's all legal because we have determined that God's laws are not the laws that we need to live by. The Bible, you know what people are saying? The Bible's outdated. Come on, give me a break. The Bible's outdated. We live in a uh, a, a new world generation. We need. We have got all this infinite wisdom and knowledge, so we really know a lot more than God. I'm going to close with that. Uh, next week, I'm going to continue on, and we're going to get on to the Roman road where we can deal with all this sin that I just read. And how do we get to heaven? Even if you've done all of that, if you've done every bit of that, I'm going to show you how God is going to forgive you through his plan of salvation. With that, I'll close. let's close with a prayer. Heavenly Father, you are a great God. We're so, one, we're so privileged, Father, to have the Holy Scriptures with us. And we can read therein and, and know how to live a life that is going to be pleasing unto you. Father, our main goal is to get into heaven. That's where we want to be. We want to be there with thee in the, in the heavenly realms. But we need to get through this life. And Father, this life is just a, we're just passing through. It's not our staying place. We're pilgrims going through this life. So Father, whoever's listening to this podcast, I just pray that they're going to look in the mirror of their heart and say, where do I stand with God? In the name of Jesus, amen. Y'all be blessed. Talk to you again next week.